Welcome to The Edge Conversations, a podcast series produced by the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland. Each episode is a deep dive into the often lifelong journeys and struggles of people with infection, pain, and other chronic illnesses. By harnessing expertise in chemistry, structural biology, genomics, cell biology, and bioinformatics, IMB has become Australia's leading life sciences research institute. Set apart in its ability to translate basic biology through to health outcomes, IMB is bringing new treatments to patients for infection, pain, chronic disease, and more. The Edge Conversations. Personal and inspiring stories fueling IMB's pursuit of cutting-edge research. Today we're talking to Karen Raymond. Karen's story is a lifelong crusade to unlock a mystery illness. After years of misdiagnosis and a constellation of symptoms, Karen's journey has led her to an exciting new chapter of her life. Hey, Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. You're so welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Now, your story is a fascinating one in the sense that it starts from the minute you're born and it is an ongoing, um, I guess, I don't want to say problem, but it's an ongoing part of your life now. Would you like to start at the beginning? Because I think that with this, uh, it's a very good place to start with not wanting to quote um, The Sound of Music. (laughs) I would love to. Now, my sister, my older sister tells me I'm fascinating to people who don't know me. (laughs) Um, I was born in 1973 with a rash on my body. My dad knew right away that I had the family curse as he had the same red spots his whole life and his mother before him. So they took me to the doctor who said that my parents were to give me antihistamines. My dad knew that they wouldn't work, but he obeyed the doctor's orders and the antihistamines actually made my rash worse. So he stopped giving them to me. My parents took me back to the doctor and according to my dad, the doctor called him an idiot and a liar. So then as I grew up, I kept getting my rashes, mainly on my arms and legs. They would come on in the afternoon and usually be gone when I woke up the next morning, but bad ones could last a few days. They weren't itchy rashes, Um, they were really hot and they came with a feeling of aching and sluggishness, which is it's kind of like how you feel when a flu starts coming on. And Karen, this is the thing, when you're little and you're a young person, it's very hard to put into words how you're feeling. Yeah. I think it was probably good because my dad had, you know, the same kind of problem, so he had a bit of a sense of what I was going through. But, yeah, I was a grizzly kid, definitely. Um, The only way I could manage it when I was a kid, uh, basically get home early, keep warm, stay inside and be horizontal as much as possible. And, yeah, it's it's no way to grow up. So So, um, so you you progressed through your teenage years. Obviously that would have been incredibly difficult. Yeah, very limiting. Um, Look, I went to a doctor in my teens about my aching joints and I actually got told I was too young to have arthritis. Um, In my 20s, I actually had two arthroscopies on my knees and that found nothing. And every now and then I'd get a big, swollen, painful foot, sometimes the left foot, sometimes the right foot. But I got told by another doctor that only, it sounds like gout, but only old men who drink stout get gout. Um, I had a few good friends who were very understanding, but it's certainly socially very limiting. When I had bad abdominal pain, they took out my appendix. When I had headaches, they took out four teeth. When I had migraines, they took out my wisdom teeth. So there's a lot of bits of me missing for for no really good reason. Um, So yours yours really was a lot of 
people standing around you guessing what might be wrong with you. That's a pretty good way to describe it. (laughs) But in 2015, something very interesting happened that was almost the key to you unlocking the mystery. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, five years ago, I actually had a worsening of my symptoms. I had gastrointestinal bleeding and I had a gastroenterologist tell me that I just had bad anxiety and I needed to get a grip. Um, And, you know, I showed him the rash on my arm and said, is this anxiety, is it? So, yeah, I kept guessing until it was actually 2016 on April Fool's Day. I'll never forget because I thought it was a cruel joke, but I had an email from my dad whose cousin had emailed him to let him know about a gene mutation that existed in our family. Um, It was actually only discovered because somebody in the family happened to marry a genetic scientist. Um, And the mutation causes a condition called familial cold autoinflammatory syndrome. Mm -hmm. So it's a really long name. (laughs) It's actually part of a spectrum of conditions under a banner of cryopyrin-associated periodic syndromes, and we call it CAPS for short. Mm-hmm. So I, I Googled it and the symptoms described me perfectly. And age 43, I'm sitting there bawling like a child for, for a solid hour. I think I cried just with relief that I wasn't crazy and I wasn't making it up and it was real. <laughs> so 43 years to go through the, I guess, the myriad of symptoms and the continual pain and um you know, I, I don't want to say suffering because I don't want to... I don't, I, Suffering's I just, about right. Suffering, <laughs> suffering seems like the right word. Um, yeah. What, what, what effect does that have on your day-to-day life and the relationships that you form? Well, I live really privately. I don't talk to people about my condition. When you get so far in life, with, you know something's wrong, but you're universally disbelieved, you kind of just learn to shut up about it because people will tell you, oh, try go vegan or try fasting or this will acupuncture. And, you know, I tried a lot of that stuff, but, um, you know, none of that stuff works. So eventually you just live the way you can, which is for me, it was very small until I got diagnosed. And then I actually got amazingly for a disease as rare as mine, a treatment that actually gave me some relief. And what was that treatment? So every day I inject myself twice a day with um, something called anakinra. And it's a really specific inhibitor of a very specific molecule, which is part of my condition. So it gives me a lot of relief, but it doesn't do the whole job. So here you are. Um, It's 2016. You're 43 years old. You now have a diagnosis and you are on this drug. But you didn't stop there or you haven't stopped there. I understand that you were probably quite um, reasonably angry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At life. Yes. What, what, what did that kind of propel you into? Well, I, I actually thought that the doctoring would get better once I got diagnosed and finally validated, but I actually found that the, the doctoring wasn't better and I got very frustrated and I turned my anger into something positive and I enrolled in a Bachelor of Biomedical Science at Adelaide Uni and I'm in my last semester and I have a perfect GPA and I'm uh, now able to understand um, the research, which is just so good for me because when you don't know what's going on for so long, I'm an inquisitive, I mean, I know a lot of people don't really want to get into the nuts and bolts of their disease, but for me, my health is everything. Your health is all you have. So if I don't know what's going on and my health is in the hands of these 
experts who really don't know anything about it, that's a really terrifying prospect for me. So by getting educated, I can actually now speak in a language that firstly, doctors kind of respect my knowledge. Well, the wonderful specialists I have now respect my knowledge um, and being able to talk to the researchers is just it's actually quite mind-blowing because the research is amazing and what they do is incredible. And you've had some really positive experiences in that research space. Do you want to tell me a little bit about those? Yeah, just just after second year, I was fortunate to spend about six or seven weeks up in the inflammasome lab at the IMB, which is part of UQ, with Kate Schroeder um, and Rebecca Cole. And hanging around with people who not only have heard of your condition but know how it works. It's like kind of coming home, you know, coming to the mothership. Um, It was also great for them because they got to speak to a patient firsthand and understand the day-to-day stuff that probably isn't in the literature so much because there's a lot more to the condition that that often gets reported. Because it is a systemic illness, um, because it, I guess, you know, involves the innate immune system as opposed to the adaptive immune system. It's really important to understand the two different systems and how they cause different conditions. Like my condition is auto-inflammatory involving the innate immune system and autoimmune diseases are more of the adaptive immune system. And they're, they're quite different in the way they behave on a molecular level. So how are things going for you now? You, you're Obviously, your studying is going great. Your GPA is amazing. <laughs> how is how's everything moving for you? Well, you know, I'd like to say it, everything's perfect, but it's not. I will be living with this condition until I die. And there are new drugs coming out in clinical trials at the moment that seem very promising, um, but I'm still limited. Um, I can't. I was going to do postgrad next year, and I, I, I have dabbled in it a couple of times, and I, I've found that I really don't have the stamina to last like other people work full time and I, I just, I, I can't do it because I don't have that much energy. Um, and I also, I'm a bit prone to, you know, having extra flares of my condition that can be quite limiting for me. So I guess the way everybody's paranoid about COVID, uh, I'm a bit like that all the time because, you know, if I get sick, it can really affect me and I can get one of these cytokine storms really easily, um, which kind of happened to me last year and set me back in my study by a year. So I just have to plot along and I will keep going because it's, it's worth it. What What is the perfect outcome for you in all of this? Oh, the perfect outcome. Firstly, I guess education. The perfect outcome would be if we can get some really good biosensors in the clinic so doctors actually have the tools to diagnose these conditions early, people knowing about the conditions and just having a really specific, amazing treatment that gives people a normal life from, you know, start to finish because you know, if you can really control a disease early, you get a much better quality of life. And I'd love that for the next generation of CAPS people. Karen, thank you so much for talking to us today. Your story, your story is truly inspiring and I wish you the best of luck with all of your study. Please stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thanks, Janine. Thanks for listening to The Edge Conversations. For more information on the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, visit their website, imb.uq.edu.au.